It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Do you constantly start things but never finish them? Do you, <clears throat> do you fail to make decisions and procrastinate? Do you find yourself distracted by the next new thing <clears throat> and then your attention fades when the newness wears off? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may be suffering from shiny object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome is a disease of distraction, typically affecting entrepreneurs, but it affects everybody. It is called shiny object syndrome because it is the equivalent of a small child chasing after something shiny and new. The issue with those who have it is that they are constantly abandoning their focus because they are always drawn to new ideas. To quote today's special guest, life coach David Wood, shiny object syndrome is a freaking epidemic among high performers and the human mind is like a monkey on crack. David will explain what he means by that when he, when he comes on. David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, including Sony Music, Chanel, and Exxon. David left this cushy Park Avenue job 20 years ago to build the largest coaching business. He is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven and suffering from severe anxiety and depression. David coaches rock star entrepreneurs and executives to overcome shiny object syndrome and transition to peaceful, focused action. So this is the second time David has been with us. We had a really wonderful chat last time. So um, I welcome him back with open arms. Good morning, David. Good morning, Randy. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction. You are so welcome and so deserving. Well, welcome back. Thank you for um, for coming back. And this time you have a whole new focus. And we're going to talk today about shiny object syndrome. Now, when I first, when this first came across my desk, I looked at this and I said, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so um, I had to figure that out. But I'm going to let you explain to everybody what it is and why it is so epidemic. Well, it's amazing to me that humans can get anything done. I imagine that 200 years ago, life was simpler. You know, someone might say, I'm going to go and chop down a tree today. They go out and chop down a tree. And they're not distracted by uh, a whole bunch of people coming by the house. They're not distracted by uh, Facebook messages text messages, email messages. It, I imagine it was much simpler. You didn't have your insurance to handle. 
You didn't have so many complex systems. You didn't have to maintain your car and take it to the mechanic. So these days, things are getting more and more and more complex. And I think that's cool. That's great that that happens. But it makes it hard to actually focus and get something done. And the problem, Randy, is when you try and do everything, you end up doing very little. So I'll use myself as an example. I'm an entrepreneur and uh, just taking my target market. I want to focus on entrepreneurs. I want to also help executives. I want to help leaders. I want to help a whole bunch of people. Those are all shiny objects to me. I want, I want to do it all. But if I do it all, I won't do it very well. And then what about program? Well, I want a 12-month program. I also want a six-week program. And then what about a 60-minute webinar? There are so many options, and that's even before we get to marketing. Am I going to pursue Facebook ads, YouTube ads? Will I try social media and get free traffic or do uh, partnerships and alliances? Particularly for entrepreneurs, the options are just endless and it can be overwhelming. So my job is to help people slow down, pick what's really going to make the difference and focus on that and do it well. And then we can see what's next. Mm. As you're saying that, I'm feeling anxiety rising up within me. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, right, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, as soon I've trained myself that as soon as I begin to feel that, I stop what I'm doing and I just get up and I realize I've done enough for either, you know, that morning or that afternoon or that day. And I just get up because I don't let myself go through that. But um, so why, why do we do this? And why do you say the human mind really is like a monkey on crack? What does that mean? Well, just imagine, it, li listeners, imagine that you've sat down and you've said, all right, I'm going to uh, write an article for my business or I'm going to write a letter to somebody. You sit down and then, and then uh, the mind goes, oh, wait a minute, I, I didn't order that dog food. I could just do that right now. It'll only take a second. And then you go and order the dog food. And then while you're online, you see there's a Facebook message. And it's like, oh, oh, it's from Jenny. I haven't heard from Jenny for, oh, let me just read that story about Jenny. It's, it, it's, it's almost like when you're meditating, if, if you sit down to meditate and all these thoughts just keep coming through the mind, keep coming through the mind. Well, it's like that when you sit down to do some work. Or to focus on something, the mind just brings in all these wonderful things because it wants to help and it wants to be busy. So the human mind is like a monkey on crack, bouncing around from one thing to another. And I, I see what's possible is that we can actually meditate in our actions. Now, there's a time for planning and we can get to that. There's a time for like, what will I do this week? What will I do this year? What will I do tomorrow? That's great. But then once that's done, roll up the sleeves, turn off all the distractions, and then when the monkey mind comes in to interrupt you, one technique I really like is just have a piece of paper next to you and write it down. Oh, order that on Amazon. I'll get back to that later. Come back to the task, like a meditation. Right. I mean... 
our lists have lists. You know, it's like there's so many things to do. I know I'm constantly making lists and throwing out that paper and making another list. <laughs> um, yes. You know, and just kicking away at it. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're, you know, a one-man show um, or a one-woman show like I am because I do everything myself. I do all my own promotion. I do everything myself. I don't have any yes. interest or anything. So, um, yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah, so the, so the list is, is endless, and that's fine. But here's, here's one of the problems. I believe that we have two distinct personalities inside us, at least. But let's talk about two. One is the worker, and the worker can, could take the list uh, if, if the worker is told what to do, right? This is number one, this is number two, sit down and do it. The worker has the ability to do that. Then we also have a CEO inside us. We have uh, a, a personality that's capable of looking to the future and deciding what's most important. The problem is we're mixing the two all the time. They're both trying to come out at the same time. So it's like what on the list really matters? What on the list should be dropped? What on the list should be delegated? And so what I recommend uh, to my clients, have at least 30 minutes a week, just 30 minutes a week. It could be four o'clock on a Friday where you step back from everything you're doing. And it can be your business. It can be your life. It can be your job, whatever you step back and go in the next seven days, what is most important for me to do? Already I'm feeling more peaceful just, just thinking about that. And then wow. the, next, the next stage is five minutes at the end of each day so that you plan the two most important things for tomorrow. Because what I want for you, Randy, for me, and for all, all our listeners is that you wake up knowing what's important. How peaceful is that? You wake up. And you know what you're going to do first and second before you do anything else. And then the rest is gravy. Yeah, that is, that is peaceful. You know, what about people that are comfortable with multi multitasking? Um, do they still get this anxiety, you know, from this shiny object syndrome, from having so many things that they're bouncing around doing? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not even sure if multitasking is, is literally possible. What might be happening, and I don't know the brain science, but it, it might be that the brain is just switching quickly from this to that to this to that to this to that. And I understand that because a brain, uh, the way our brains are designed, women can generally do that better than men. But you want to ask yourself, what am I really trying to do? Am I really trying to get more done or am I actually trying to get more dopamine? Because there's a chemical in the brain that gets fired when we respond to a text message, when we check an email from a friend, when we tick off something on the list, there's a little chemical firing that happens. And so when I'm multitasking, is it's because I think I'm going to be more efficient. I think I'll get more done. But I understand that if you're, you sit down to do a task and you look at a text message, you don't even respond. I read an article that said your IQ drops for 15 minutes. It drops a little bit because 
your brain is retaining that text message. Uh, wow. Plus, it's stressful. That's one of the reasons I multitask is because I want the adrenaline and I want the dopamine and I want the illusion that I'm getting a lot done. But if I actually stop and just do one thing and then the next thing, and then the next thing, my system starts to calm down. I can be more grounded and I can actually do a better job on it because all of my brain is devoted to it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm not saying you should do this all the time. It's, it's ridiculous to think that 24-7 you're going to be hyper-focused. I say pick, uh, I call them PFABs, Peaceful Focused Action Blocks of Time. So you pick the times in your day, which will be a PFAB, and you turn off all distractions and you just do that important thing. Now, outside of your PFABs, sure, go to town, have a blast, check Facebook, check email, do a message, do a little bit on that. That's fun. I like doing it. But I think you're going to have a much better time and get more done if you have some PFABs where you can really focus on the important things. That's that's really great. That's a great tip. You use the analogy of choosing the right mountain. Mountain. So, um, what is? Why do you use that analogy? And what do you mean by choosing the right mountain? I love that question. Well, initially, when I was thinking about what I do for my clients, I thought, well. You know, I, I can really help people double their productivity. That's, that's not complex. I can help people get twice as much done of the important stuff. But then I realized, what's, what's the point of me helping you climb twice as fast if you're climbing the wrong mountain? You don't want to be super productive and then years from now you look back and go, what was I doing that for? Why was I trying to make that money? Or why was I going for that business? Or why was I going for that degree? Or whatever it is. So the first step I do with my clients is let's check your mountain. Let's check your goals and make sure you've got goals that motivate you and that really matter. Because I want you to do what matters in your life. Then once that's clear, all right, we'll sort out the plan. So you've got a a, a plan that you can hang your hat on and follow peacefully and then we remove distractions so that you can be laser-focused and implement the plan. Okay. Um, so how do we choose the right one? I mean, it, it's just um, do we – sometimes we have to let go of what we think we're, you know, the right thing we're doing and – choose something that we really want to do, but that's not easy to do because starting over, that kind of thing is hard. Uh, you need an income, you need, you know, you just need some guarantees. So if we're not on the right mountain, how do we choose a different one? Great question. So I'll, I'll, I'll share with you some of the questions I use with my clients. One, and you brought up two questions, I think, uh, two good ones. One is, um, what is the right mountain? How do we choose that? But then there's also, I think you went into also, how do I climb it? Like, what if I don't have a degree for that or I don't have the training or whatever? So I'll address both of those. In choosing the right mountain, here are some great questions. One, what's the bigger future 
that you are stepping into. 12 months from now, get a, get a pen, get some paper, and write down, like, what's it look like? Now, I assume everyone listening to this has a default future. You could probably predict where you'll end up if you don't put any particular attention, time, and money towards your goals. This is where I'll probably be in 12 months. What's that bigger future look like? And I want, I, I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but we'll see. What would have you celebrate your ass off? <laughs> you you would be say doing, <laughs> Great. You would be doing the happy dance. You're like, I'm just so grateful for my life and my business that I have this. That's, that's a test. And another test is on my deathbed, would I look back and say, these were worthy goals. This was a worthy year. I spent my time doing what matters. I don't know if you can hear my dog growling. Dog oh, growling. that was your dog? Maybe, <laughs> I thought it yeah, was you. Yeah, maybe she, I said you were growling <laughs> at me, David. <laughs> no, Why I was is he growling? Around, you know, I was walking around. I don't know. I was walking around, and then I sat down for a moment to talk to you, and then I found a dog on my lap. And now um, oh. she's probably smel- smelling something outside. Or maybe she's just working out her uh, questions. She's like trying to work out what, she's, what her future looks like in 12 months. <laughs> now, now, your next question was the how, and that's where we get into the planning. And, and okay. it might be like, all right, well, I want to be a ballerina. What's it going to take? Right? That's where we get into the planning stage. What's it going to take? All right, well, it would take this amount of training and, and this amount of money, and maybe I decide, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to be a professional ballerina. I might do it as a hobby. I'm going to pursue this other goal. But that's where we start weighing everything up and looking at what's fun, what's motivating, what's going to produce income. Sometimes that's a factor. What's going to take a lot of work and what's not. And again, on my deathbed, will I look back and go, yes. Yes, that was worthwhile. That's what I wanted to do. Here's, here's a great test. Even if I don't succeed, would I still want to go for this? Then you really know you're on the right track. Wow, definitely. Definitely. That's, um, yeah, these, are, these are great ways to, um, you know, to begin to assess it. I find when I work with people that... Uh, Sometimes they're really unhappy with what they're doing. They're really stressed out by what they're doing, and they really don't feel like it's the right thing for them. But it's what brought in money, what keeps bringing in money. It's what supports the family and, and provides the insur- health insurance and so forth and so on. And they're like, well, how do I give that up <laughs> uh, You know, when everybody's counting on me? to continue that yeah. kind of work. So what do you say about that? Oh, how do I give up work when people are counting on me because I'm putting food on the table? Right, exactly. I'm putting food. I have the life insurance. I mean, I have the health insurance. I have all those kind of things, but I hate what I'm doing. Yeah, what do you think? yeah sure. <laughs> so, so if you happen to be in a position where you've got reserves of cash, then you've got more flexibility here, right? You might be able to go cold turkey and just switch into something new. Um, If you don't, let's say you've got a job and you want another job. Well, 
you can still find time to send out resumes. You could send out 50 resumes a week. You could even hire someone to go and do the research and send out resumes for you. You can get in action even while you have your job. A lot of people don't, which is amazing to me that, you know, we have inertia and we're in our patterns and, and we're so distracted, right? So you could do that. If you're wanting to start a new business and you're like, well, how can I do it? I need, to, I need this job to make money or I need this current business to make money, you can still set aside time. That might be an hour, hour a night or it might be half of your Saturday and half of your Sunday to put some life force towards your new dream. And then as it starts to work, you start to generate some results, start to generate some cash. You might start negotiating with your employer. Hey, do we have any flexibility here? Could I work four days a week? Or you might just keep on going until you reach a point. You say, when I reach this amount of income in this new venture, I can quit the other one. Now, I find that motivating for myself. Like right now, I want to do a program. And you have to have a certain amount of income to do the program. So I find that motivating. All right, I want to generate $60,000 in the next three months so that I qualify for this new venture in my life. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really, um, it's so logical, you know. It, it really is a great way to do it, and it is a relaxing way to do it. And that way we actually can go for a goal without letting go of, you know, of our security. That's just really good. Well, I, what I'm hearing in your voice is, is I'm hearing clarity. That just out of us talking about this, you got some clarity. Would that be yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, absolutely. and that's, look, I'm biased towards coaching. I have at least four coaches right now myself. I've been a coach for 20 years, so let's get that out of the way. I'm biased towards that. And that's what happens in a coaching conversation. When you start to look, sometimes when I have a session with my coach, I'm the one that has the genius idea. But I wouldn't, I don't think I would have had it if it wasn't in a coaching conversation where I'm stepping back from my life and talking about it. So I want everyone on this call to have at least 30 minutes a week where you are stepping back from your life. If, if you can't afford a coach, Get a buddy. Set up buddy coaching and talk about your life and, and have someone ask you penetrating questions because out of that often will come clarity. That's true. That's true. Um, David, I think we might have a caller. Sometimes people call in because they want to listen. But let's check this out, okay? Okay. Good morning. Are you calling to speak with David? Yes, I am. Hello, Mr. Okay. Dave. Hello. What's your name? My name is Pastor Don Jr. CEO. How are you feeling today, sir? I'm good, Pastor. How are you doing? Working hard, man, preaching the word. I have a couple of questions about business. Um, when you are starting a, a corporation and you have, like, about 300 um, employees slash independent contractors, what would you say the best way to uh, monetize that situation in the first, uh, the early first three to six months? You've got 300 
contractors that you want to shift to employees in a corporation. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay, and your your question is how do you how do you how do you make money in the first in the first three months? Three months. Correct. Well, well, I I like the question, and it seems quite general. I mean, there are a thousand different ways to make money. What do you think would be the best way that you can generate cash in the first three months, given what you know about your situation? Well, I have a radio network. We've been around for 23 years, and we we really made a major transfer over to the the digital podcasting wave about 10 years ago, so we was ahead of our time. Now, I've been on over 4,500 radio stations, so I've met some of the most dynamic people in the world, and as I've put these people together – some people, um, due to the coronavirus, their businesses were shut down, and because their business was shut down, they're looking for a different employment opportunity. But in some cases, these people were weekend warriors and entrepreneurs, and they want to intensify their, their revenue streams, but they don't have the audience or the resources. So making the Wonder Twin Powers Activate, I want to put together the people that don't have the businesses they had and regenerating the resources they was prior to the corona and the people that are entrepreneurs that's generating business. I want to plug them in with those people so we can work under one umbrella. Wow. Wow, that's that's a big, big project, isn't it? And I know that Mr. Davis is a very wise man, and they said get wisdom and bind her on your neck. So I was just right. seeing you know, what kind of point of projection I have. I mean, that, yeah, it's, so, that, yeah. So, David, what do you have to say? Well, let me make sure I understand it. You've got people who um, you, you mentioned the entrepreneurs who've got businesses, but I'm not clear on who you're matching up with what. So would you say it again, um, the, the short version of, who you're matching with who? It's a short version. Of, as I'm on these radio shows, I hear people's business, product, service, brand, image, likeness, and I've been in business for 22 years, and we traveling. Sorry, Pasta. Uh, yeah, Pasta, I think you just went away from your microphone. Could you speak more directly into the mic? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah? Okay. What I was saying was I have um, – People's business, products, brands, and services, I hear about them on the radio like I'm on your show right now. As I talk to other business owners that can utilize those products and services, I put them together. In some cases, I take a small donation or a small fee, but um, to intensify the revenue streams, I want to figure out how can the business owners that don't know each other connect with each other so that in a short period of time, we can all make money as a team. All right. Okay. I got it. That's, uh, I think that's clever. So you, you know there are a bunch of business owners that have got some great products, and then you know there's some other business owners that need these products, and you're thinking about creating a marketplace where, where you can perhaps take a brokerage fee, take a cut of it in some way. Correct. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I do like it. I think you know what this reminds me of, is something like a, uh, a Craigslist or um, I forget, it was like a Jenny's list or something. Uh, there was a woman yep. who created her own list of things. Right. And, and what they did, you know, the, the game is traction, right? How do you get traction? Same with Facebook. 
Facebook didn't try and cover the world. Facebook went, went to a college or a university and said, let's try it out with you guys, and then went. So I like it, and I wonder, could you start with a small group, maybe there's an association of, of businesses, and, and do a pilot to put these people together and see if there's a way for you to take a cut from that. And if a model works, you can start expanding it to other associations and other groups of businesses. That's that really makes sense. Good. Yeah, that, that makes, makes really good sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'll just recap. The two things that, that I heard myself say was one, pilot, right? See if it works. See if people are actually going to use this and see if it actually makes money for you. And do it. And secondly, do it with a very focused group. I, I, like you already know a bunch of businesses, so maybe that's your group. But I would also look for an association to pilot it with. And then if it does work, if it doesn't work, maybe you keep, keep on trying. Maybe you don't give up straight away. If it does work, you can then uh, start to expand it to another association and try and get some traction to the point where you're the place where people go. Like, like right now, if I, I need a designer, I'm, I, like I do need a designer for my webpage. I don't really know where to go. If I knew that your association existed and I could go to your, your website and I could get someone that's already pre-recommended, um, I would love something like that. So I like it. That's Good. What I do. Thank you, Pastor. I have a website designer now <laughs> that can definitely accommodate your needs. Thank you, Pastor, for calling in and asking us, um, asking David these questions. It's really interesting what you're, what you're planning to do, and I wish you great luck with that. Oh, I really appreciate it. I have one more question. I'll move out the way. Would you say going with an employee route or the independent contractor with the given situation of having uh, the small pilot? I have no idea on that. That, you know, that would be something probably to talk to your accountant or your lawyer about. It, about. I, I don't get into the details, the nitty-gritty. I look more at the big picture. Right, and David, what is, your website in case, what is your website in case um, the pastor wants to contact you directly? Oh, great. My website is focus.ceo. Focus.ceo. Okay, perfect. Right. Okay, Pastor, thank you. And keep listening. I'm going to put you back on hold, okay? Thank you so much for calling in. And, okay. and he, he made a I – love, I love that question about the, um, you know, employees versus the contractors because it gives me a chance to explain, you know – if I was an expert in everything, I'd probably go insane. My, my job is to look at the big picture, we'll look at the strategy, and we'll look at your focus. And sometimes my job is to talk people out of things so that they can, you know, focus on something and go deep. Um, so I like that question as well. Okay. Good. All good questions. Uh, it's, it's really a cool idea. Um, there's actually a, a service called Fiverr that, um, that matches – people who are writers and um, things, um, I guess, yeah, artists as well um, that you can commission to do what you want. Um, and it's very cool and very inexpensive, Fiverr, F-I-R-R-E-R. Yeah. F-I-B-E-R-R, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So let's Fiverr get back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Great. And also also Upwork.com is, is, oh. uh, is what I – those are the two places I normally go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, 
So, okay, so let's get back to shiny object syndrome. Um, so what are, what are the first couple of steps that we would use to go from the shiny object syndrome to a focused um, action? Great. And maybe we can use the pasta, pasta's uh, project as an example. Okay. So firstly, we'd start with the goals, right? Let's get clear. We'll get clear on the goals and clear on the plan. So maybe, maybe uh, his goal might be to make um, $10,000 in the first six months to prove the concept. And maybe we look at, all right, well, what's the plan to do that? Okay, approach, might be approach 15 associations and get three to say yes to piloting this, this project. So we get, we get some kind of a plan that works and then we start mapping the plan onto a calendar. So we, are, we know this is what needs to happen. Let's now put it down in time and space. All right, the first month, we want to have this happen, the second month and so on. And, and then I'd probably have him set up 30 minutes of CEO time a week. Now, with my clients, that's often their self-coaching form. I have my clients coach themselves before we get to the session, as if I didn't exist. Because I don't want people to start becoming dependent on me, and I don't want to replace what they can do on their own. So coach yourself. Fill in the form, work out everything as if I wasn't there, and then we build on it. You know, if you're not going to work with a coach, still carve out that 30 minutes of planning time, CEO time, and then you want your five minutes at the end of each day to pick the two most important things. And here's a great question to ask yourself. If I only got two things done tomorrow, what would they be? Wow. That's how you know you've got the right things. If I only got two things done, what would they be? And another question you can ask is, what would move the needle? Like if you imagine you've got a speedometer in your business or an applause meter showing how successful you are, what would move the needle and really make a difference in your business and or your life tomorrow? And then once that's set up, schedule your PFABs, your peaceful focused action blocks. Maybe it's going to be 9 to 11 every weekday. Maybe it's 4 to 7 on a Saturday and a Sunday. You pick what, maybe it's 10 o'clock till midnight. You pick your PFABs, put them in your calendar. Now, Randy, I'll tell you where a lot of people fall down. Firstly, they don't schedule PFABs. Right? They're just trying to go about doing shiny object syndrome and being scattered and responding to the world. So that's one area they fall down. They don't schedule them. The second area people fall down, they don't show up. They might schedule it, but then, hey, something came up. Really? Something came up that was more important than the two things you said would move the needle in your life. Well, I just I got an email, I got into it, or I had something urgent from an employee. So many things will come in to try and stop you from showing up to your PFABs. This is where you need some simple, old-fashioned discipline. Say no. 
I want you to treat those PFABs as sacred dates with yourself that are at least as important, if not more, than the demands of other people. The rest of the time, if it's not a PFAB, sure, take that call. Sure, your partner needs you. Go and handle that. Sure, your kid has a question about something. Great, respond to that. Fine, but not during your PFABs. So did that answer your question of what are the steps to yes. uh, moving from shiny object syndrome to peaceful, focused action that actually produces more in less time? Yes, it does answer my question. And you actually answered another question that I was going to ask about, you know, does this take discipline? And it does take a certain amount of discipline, but it's more of, of creating a habit, isn't it? Well, it creates, it requires discipline first. You've got to use discipline first. But as you do this, over time, it starts to become a habit and it will no longer require discipline. It's just what you do. Someone will say, can we, can we talk at 10 o'clock tomorrow? And you say, I can't. I'm not available. I have a work date with myself. <laughs> it just becomes what you do. Right. I like that. I do. But, but, but the, it's the first 30 days that will be the hardest. What I'm saying sounds simple, and it is. But that doesn't mean it's easy because the monkey mind and the world will want to bring you, drag you back into your old patterns. So it will require discipline. And again, I, you know, it might, might sound like I'm being consistent here, and I am. This is where a coach can help or a program. You can join some kind of a program where there's consistent attention. I'm in an eight-week program right now. I just did a call this morning, and it's eight weeks of focus. And I tell you what, you know, there are consequences. If I don't do my, the, the commitments, the things that are my A goals, in the next seven days, there's a consequence. I've got to pay money. So I, I know myself and I know that without a coach or without a structure, I will slide. That's just how I work. You know, with all the discipline in the world, I'm still going to slide. So I set up a structure to support myself so that I don't slide. And it, so, so it's really about knowing, you know, knowing yourself and, and knowing how you do work and, and, and what kind of motivation you need. Um, can we, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that, um, yeah, we live in this instant society where everything has to be attended to immediately. And um, I don't believe in that. It, I find that very frustrating. But it is the way we, it is the society that we live in. So much is coming at us. So quickly. Yeah. So we've we've built some bad habits, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good for generating dopamine, and it's good for the illusion that we're being productive. But it's it's just amazing. You know, my clients say, "Well, yeah, I set the PFABs, but then I had had these emails that that were important to respond to." And I said, "Why were you checking email before your your PFABs?" And they're like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's a habit. We just want to respond to the world because we get this dopamine hit. I'm talking now about new habits that will take discipline to install, but after 30 days 
or sometimes with some people it'll be 90 days, you're going to be extraordinary. You're going to be a superhuman. You are going to plan and declare what's most important in your life, and then you're going to implement it. That's, that's being extraordinary. That is being extraordinary. And wow, what, what we can accomplish when we do these things. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, David. Can we do this to attract relationships? How would we use huh. that if we're, if we're looking to attract a relationship? Huh. Well, interesting you should say that. Um, you know, what you focus on, you create, right? So you need to, again, set a goal to attract a relationship. And I'm going to use myself as an example because I currently have a goal of finding a partner. And I'll tell you what, ladies, if you're single, <laughs> go and reach out to me at focus.ceo. I would love to hear from you if you have a big heart and love to laugh and you're committed to personal growth and self-awareness. So there's, there's oh. my little plug. Well, you're on the right um, show. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Yeah, you can find a contact form there and just reach out to me. But firstly, I set the goal, right? Get clear. I want to firstly be the one. So I'm working on myself first and my life force and my presence and my own energy. And then secondly, attract the one. I want to find the right partner. So I set the goal. And then I hired a coach. I hired a dating coach to help me focus on this and put attention and what I'm doing is uh, my first exercise is I need to work at, like, how do I see myself? And so I write it down. And then how do others see me? And so I've reached out to five women in my life and said, what image do I project? And please be honest. And then I also reached out to two ex-girlfriends and I said, here's my description of myself. Is this honest? And did I, you know, I wrote down, intelligent, charismatic, and then I wrote down the negative stuff too. I'm quirky. I've got PTSD. I, I'm noise sensitive. I have trouble sleeping in the same bed as someone. Right? I wrote it all down, and then I said, am I missing anything important? So we can follow this same process, set a goal, create a plan, and then implement the plan. That's what I know. Now, if you talk to me in a month or two, I might know more. Um, I will say, when I have coached people to find a partner, the first place I start is with themselves. How is your life? Are you having a good time? Are you living the life you really want to live? Because when your partner, potential partner looks over and sees you, they've got to see, what this person's having a good time here. That looks like a fun time. I want to play too. And that's why I'm starting with myself. I, Randy, we wouldn't have time for me to tell you all the things that I'm doing here. Um, I'll give you just a, a preview. Limiting my TV time. Increasing my exercise time. Uh, I've already addressed my nutrition. So there's so many things that, that I've chosen to do so that I'm happy with my life the way it is, and a partner would be a bonus, not something to like fill some kind of void. And this is the perfect time to be doing this because for the most part, we're all home <clears throat> or we're spending a lot of time at home. 
And so there are, you know, plenty of hours. We don't have commute time and, you know, all those things that interfere. We don't have, you know, most of us don't have to go anywhere. So, um, you know, and what you were saying is, what you're talking about is recognizing who you are and accepting who you are and claiming it because um, that's so important. Uh, I find that a lot of my clients will measure themselves against other people. And we can't really do that. We have to claim who we are, quirks and all, you know. Um, I think that's so important that we not feel like we have to be like others in order to be genuine or be um, be special or unique. I mean, I just think I think that was really important what you said. About you about comparing ourselves to others. No. Yes. Well, about claiming who you are. So, in other words, you were saying you named all the good things about yourself, and then you named the things that may be, you know, quirky or different. And so that's who makes up David. You know, all those aspects of you. You're claiming that this is who I am. Oh. Yes. And that's okay. Thank you. And that's really good because we all really need to do that. In yeah, order to truly love ourselves and be, you know, and be successful that way. I'm so passionate about that topic. Um, you know, what gets my clients in the door is that they want more focus and they want to achieve more in less time. But what I'm really passionate about once you're in the door is like, what would have you be extraordinary? And one way I define being extraordinary is learning to first like all the parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, no, let me take a step back. Firstly, can we accept those? Secondly, can we like those? And then thirdly, eventually, can we come to love that? And we tend to hide those things from the world, and I don't think that's healthy. So I make a practice of proclaiming all of me. Here's some things that, that, that I think aren't positive, and here are some things. I did one radio interview, a podcast interview. I said, look, I'll tell you all the things I have some shame around. And we just went, I went for 10 minutes. <laughs> here are some things that I still have judgment on. But I can accept that part of myself too, that I still judge myself. And I want, you know, imagine a dating app or a dating service where people didn't just show all their shiny stuff. Oh, I love to take long walks in the beach. I'm as comfortable in an evening gown as I am in jeans, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what, about, what about, here's the stuff that might have you run. If you read through this and you still want to know me, let's talk. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> that's so cute. Obviously, you've been on those apps because you, you know word for word what they're saying. Um, it's the same thing on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing on Facebook. That drives me crazy, you know. Yeah, don't, don't you know, tell you me know, I'm, all I'm the wonderful happy, things that are going go on. Be real. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to. I'm as, as happy going out dancing as I am relaxing, watching some TV with a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, there's a book. Uh, Ender's Game is is an amazing sci-fi book, and I think the third in the series, or one of the books, um, he, he becomes a speaker for the dead, and. 
he would go and do a eulogy, but it was a different kind of eulogy. He didn't just speak about what was wonderful about the person. He talked about their aspirations that never got fulfilled. He talked about their problems and their challenges. He talked about the whole person. I was like, oh my goodness, I want a world where we can embrace our shadow side as well and come to love those parts of ourselves. It is the core. That is the core of all healing. It really is. The core of all healing is to know yourself, embrace yourself, love yourself, and walk in this world, you know, knowing who you are and and that you're okay because you are who you are. It's, um, you know, that, that truly is the core. I mean, at least I know that's the core of, you know, I work with uh, people who have been abused by narcissists, psychopaths, those kind of people. And um, their self-image has been destroyed as a result of it. And once they can claim that, they're fearless. They're fearless in life. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to hide, right? Yeah, the hiding takes a lot of energy, and we all there's a part of our brain that always has to monitor it. I I prefer hiding in plain sight. Just just have it be out there. I once did a workshop, and I had to walk around and shake hands with everyone and say, "Hi, I'm arrogant." And it was so freeing to just do that, and people go, "Oh, hi, nice to meet you," and start to accept those things. I've coached prison inmates. And I was one inmate who was worried that people, when he got out, people would discover that he was an inmate. I said, do you want to know what I would do, what I imagine I would do if I was in your shoes? He said, yeah. I said, I would proclaim it. I would proclaim it to the world. I would start a program to help youth to avoid the mistakes I made so that everyone knew that I was reformed and this was my background or whatever. I would not want to wait for it to bite me on the ass sometime. Just let everybody know who wants to know, this is me, this is a mistake I made, this is what I'm doing to atone for it. So there, there's this, you know, and of course I can't know exactly what I would do in that situation, but I'm like, don't wait for something to bite you on the ass most of the time. Most of the right. time. There's, you know, there are some things where you want some privacy or maybe you did something and you don't want to go to jail. And so you decide you're, you're not going to proclaim that to the world. That's fine. But most of the time, I think we're hiding too much. I, I guess, um, you know, back in the 60s, they called it letting it all hang out. <laughs> I guess that's what they meant. Um. I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it all hang out. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And not, and, not, and not, maybe not all at once. Right, you know, you might not just, and there are ways to do it. So you might not just go to your partner and make ten confessions at once without a little bit of coaching. Um, there are some things that there are ways to position it. I have a, um, I, I, I think our last conversation might have been about tough conversations. Yes, and it was. There's a yeah, and at Focus.CEO you can download the care model. So if you've got some difficult things that you want to share, like confessions or whatever. That's um, it's good to have a roadmap before you do it. I think that's very good advice. I do. So, is there anything else that um, 
that you wanted to share with us that I haven't brought up or, you know, any any talking points that you think are important? No. No, I feel really <laughs> happy with what's come out on this. You know, I, I was a bit tired before the call, and now I'm just feeling so energized. Um, I feel like we've gotten to some real core issues that I am very passionate about. I guess we could we could do a, a, a little recap, if that might be useful. But That's there's fine. nothing I, yes. I feel like... I've missed. Yeah. So the recap would be if you're feeling scattered, if you have any sense of overwhelm and you have a sense that focus could actually change your work and your life, then follow the steps. You know, re-listen to this interview if that's possible on the website and follow the steps. If you really want to make some change, I don't know of a better way than getting into a program or working with a coach, um, you know, have someone talk you out of some of the things and help you get clear on what really matters and then remove the distractions during your peace badge so that you can be extraordinary. It, and the reason it's extraordinary is because almost no one's doing it. Everyone's just scattered and trying to multitask and, you know, haven't got clear goals that motivate, don't have a clear plan, don't have PFABs, they're being distracted. If you do this, you're going to be ahead of 95% of the population. So this is one way to, to simply be extraordinary. Thank you for that recap. That was awesome. I mean, you, so you coach, you work with entrepreneurs, executives, um, you know, and what are these? What are their goals? Are they are they trying to organize um, their lives, or are they trying to reach other goals? I mean, what do you, what um, do entrepreneurs and executives usually look for when they come to you? Sure. Well, um, I'll answer mainly for executives because that's my focus these days. Uh, sorry, entrepreneurs because that's my focus these days, business owners. But I just want to check timing with you. I have a, have a coaching call in five minutes. Does that work for you? That we wrap oh, up we're, we're, we're just about done. We are just about done. Yeah, yep. okay. Great. Yeah, I just Thank wanted you. to throw that in so, um, since we have a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so see, entrepreneurs have unique situations because um, – they got to handle, as you said, they got to handle everything, you know. So an entrepreneur, what's what's my target market? Am I focused on that? Do I have the right one? What's my uh, flagship product? Am I trying to sell too many products or services, or should I focus on one? What's my conversion tool? Do I have too many? What are my traffic sources? Do I am I focused on five, or can I focus on one? Um, you know, those are some of the decisions that entrepreneurs need to work with. I had one client said, I've got this opportunity to buy a million-dollar business. I think it could make money and be really good. I said, really? Let me get this right. With all your spare time and you being so bored because you've got nothing to do in your business, and given that you've completed every project that's opened and done it to a degree of excellence that you can be proud of, and you reach number one position in your marketplace, you figure you might take on something new. And there was silence for about a minute, and then he went, all right, 
What's next? <laughs> and and we didn't talk about that again. That's so, interesting. You know, in, so you in didn't think position, he should go was, for something new. You did you didn't think that well, was the best thing. I was giving him some pushback. I'm like, like because I knew he was already overwhelmed and he was right. already having some trouble focusing. And I'm like, right. really, you're going to take this other thing on? What right. could happen if you didn't and you put all that attention into being excellent exactly. in your current business? And he liked that more. He was like, yeah, you're right. This would have been a yeah. shiny object that <laughs> would have distracted me and it wouldn't have worked out that well. Yeah. I would have given him new headaches and he had enough headaches. Right. I think that's a this is a great way to um to end the show. I I I like that. It's been so fun talking to you it always is and um I you know, I thank you for bringing this to us. This is something we may have been doing but didn't know that there was a word or a, a um a name for what we were doing. So, uh that in itself helps us to be more conscious or conscientious of what we're doing. So, David, mm. thank you so much for bringing us to, this to us today. You're welcome. Can I extend an invitation to listeners? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, listeners, if, if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can, uh, I send a, a video once or twice a week on focus and tough conversations, and you can get on that list at uh, focus.ceo and also if you feel like coaching could really have an impact on your life and your business then request a session with me if you qualify and to qualify you really just have to be seriously interested in in coaching um, then request a session and uh, we'll do a we'll do a session and see if coaching really would be a fit for you right now and if it's not fine, I'll tell you politely. And if it is, we can set you up in, in like 10 minutes. And you can uh, just click on the request a session button at focus.ceo. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. All right. We're going to get shut down in about a minute. And I know you have somewhere to go. So I'm going to say goodbye uh, and wish you a wonderful day. Thank you, Randy. I've had such a blast. Have a great everything. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Take care. Um, so we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.